time for a little tiny med school. This is the audio which has been extracted from our YouTube channel. There is a link down below. Go check it out. Uh, but this is the audio. And uh, enjoy the podcast of the show that's on YouTube. Hmm, matter. This was from PBS News, and I read... Ronnie James went into cardiac arrest during a basketball workout at the University of Southern California last month because of a congenital heart defect, according to a family spokesman. The 18-year-old son of the Los Angeles Lakers superstar LeBron James was stricken on July 24th. He was hospitalized at Cedars-Sinai, and they go on. So this is just one very famous uh, story about a young, really healthy person who basically collapsed, had a cardiac arrest. There's another one that occurred years ago um, in the 1990s, and this gentleman's name was Hank Gathers. One of its most likable and talented young men, Loyola Marymount's Hank Gathers. Gathers collapsed during last night's West Coast Conference tournament game against Portland. He was pronounced dead an hour and a half later at Daniel Freeman Hospital. And I'll read this uh, also uh, from Wikipedia. This says, on December 9th, 1989, Hank Gathers collapsed at the LMU home game against UC Santa Barbara. He was found to have an abnormal heartbeat. And then it goes on to describe how um, he was probably the best basketball player in the United States in the collegiate area uh, at the time. And he was diagnosed with a thing called hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, who was put on some medications. Ultimately, he died at another game um, a little later on because he probably had stopped taking his medications uh, when he was playing because this medication had the side effect of slowing him down. So why do we want to talk about this? Well, these are very famous cases, but they're quite rare. And one of the things that people ask a lot about is what's a cardiac arrest? What's a heart attack? Why does this happen in young people? You think of sort of old people dying. Why are these young people dying? Sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. So let's break this down a little bit. And let me, first of all, be very clear that Cardiac arrest is basically just uh, a term that says your heart stopped. Your heart can stop for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different times. We think about people's heart stopping when they're really at the end of their life, when they're very sick, when their organs are all worn out and their family are gathered around the bed and then the heart basically stops and the person goes off into the ether. Um, so that's how we think about it. But it can occur, obviously, a lot earlier than that. So we hear all the time about somebody died pretty young because of a heart attack. What's a heart attack? Well, heart attack's actually not really a medical term. It's sort of a layperson's term. What we would call that is a myocardial infarction. So one of the biggest killers of people in the Western world is coronary artery disease. So it's the cheeseburgers, it's the lack of exercise, it's the high cholesterol, it's all of these things. And you get these plaques, these sort of fatty things that end up on the inside of your arteries that can occur anywhere, but when they occur in the heart, these sort of fatty plaques, these blockages, like any pipe can get blocked, they can rupture. And when they rupture, then you get a big clot, and then the blood can't get through that artery, and the heart muscle dies. So that's what we call a myocardial infarction. So sometimes that can result very early on with an arrhythmia. So when you've got no blood to the heart, then the heart is also an electrical organ. And sometimes it can go into sort of a storm of electricity and your heart fibrillates or it just stops and you drop dead. So you'll see this in life. Sometimes you'll see this in movies where somebody clutches their chest. They're having terrible chest pain and then they die. So that's classically from a heart attack which we call myocardial infarction. It's from coronary artery disease, 
which are these fatty plaques. And for some reason, at that moment in time, that plaque can rupture. And people are at very different risk for this. If you have a family history of dying young from heart attacks, from myocardial infarction, then you might have a genetic predisposition to producing these plaques. Overall, you know, heart attacks have increased in the last few hundred years, probably because we're more sedentary in our diets and for some reasons that we don't actually know. Why your plaque actually ruptures at that exact time can often be confusing. Somebody can be at rest. They can be exercising. It's not a clear correlation. They tend to occur more in the mornings than in the evenings. We're not exactly sure why that is. Maybe some hormonal things. But what about these young people? What are they dying of? Are they dying of heart attacks? No. They're having cardiac arrest. Their heart is stopped, or the equivalent of stopped, and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, for other reasons. So in the case of Bronnie James, we don't actually know what this congenital heart lesion is. And all that means, congenital heart lesion, is he's probably had it since he was born, um, and it was undiagnosed. And then he had this cardiac arrest where he died, but they were able to get him back by defibrillating him. And they don't actually give the details of what that heart lesion is. And this can be a little frustrating when you're reading um, the newspaper because they don't tell you often exactly what it is. That's called sort of uh, personal, it's private information. They may not want that to get out there. So we don't know exactly what Bronnie James had. We do know what Hank Gathers had. Hank Gathers had a thing called hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. And what is that? It's actually had a number of different name changes. But he actually had a structural problem with his heart that um, you don't necessarily have when you're born, but it can be genetic, and then it develops as you get older. So if you think of your heart sort of squeezing like this, like this, sort of from the bottom to the top, and out the top with the blood is coming out into your aorta, and that aorta sends the blood all over your body, into your lungs, into your brain, but it squeezes from the bottom up like this with obstructive or hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, um, what can happen is particularly the heart muscle right under the aorta where the blood comes out can get bigger and bigger. So it starts to contract more like this in a flat motion. And then when you're exercising, this portion can contract so much that the blood can't get out. And uh, if that happens, then you might faint. And that can also set you up when this happens to getting no blood supply to your heart because the heart actually pumping supplies blood to itself. So you can actually have an arrhythmia, so an abnormal beat, or it can stop beating. And that's probably what happened in Hank Gathers' case. Until he collapsed yesterday and died in a nearby hospital. Gathers' teammates said he was still taking his medication, but had convinced doctors to have it reduced because he felt sluggish. Tonight, the Loyola Marymount team is stunned but said it will play because Gathers would want it that way in the NCAA tournament. When they diagnose him with this condition, one of the ways you treat that is you put the person on a beta blocker, which is a drug that slows the heartbeat down so it allows it to contract a little slower so the blood can get out. Obviously, if you're an elite athlete, slowing your heart rate down is a terrible thing. You can't run as far. You can't run as fast. And that's probably why he was reducing his dose. He was telling the cardiologist, actually, I really want the smallest dose possible to, so I can play. That was happening. He was getting a smaller and smaller dose, but it was probably also true that he stopped taking it before games, and that led to him having a second event where he died. Um, the family actually sued the cardiologist and sued the university and won a few million dollars for that. So 
as a cardiologist, this is a very dangerous thing. You've got an athlete that really wants to perform at the highest level, but you know the treatment is that they probably should not be playing at that level. And they probably should be on these drugs to slow their heart rate and therefore cannot play at that level. But you get this pressure to you know, not give them drugs or give them very small amount of these medications that slow the heart and patients can die. You know, that's not the only thing. So that's a structural problem with the heart. But there's also people that can have just an electrical problem with the heart. Things like a disease called Brugada syndrome, again, a genetic disease. And this is just uh, can manifest itself with people walking along and just dropping dead because their heart goes into a weird rhythm and uh, it stops pumping. And if they don't get defibrillated, they die. So uh, I've mentioned a couple of words there that we should go back and talk about. And we're going to talk about this more and more because this is one of, like I say, one of the most common reasons that people die here in the West. And um, there's a lot of concepts here that we can go through here in tiny med school. But um, when your heart stops, it can go normal sinus rhythm, it's called, is when it's beating normally. So this is like it's beating normally, beating normally. There's actually four chambers. Again, we'll come back to this. But it can fibrillate. So it's doing this thing. But when it fibrillates like this, you're not getting any blood supply and it doesn't work. Or it can absolutely stop and it's called asystole. So any one of these conditions that we've talked about can produce that. It can produce asystole, it can produce fibrillation so it doesn't work, or it could produce this obstructive thing where there's no blood supply, or it can be a heart attack, myocardial infarction, from plaque rupture, which can also produce this fibrillation, can also produce this asystole, but the ultimate endpoint is your heart just isn't beating enough or at all. You're not getting blood supply and you collapse. If we get to you early enough, if we do CPR, we can get enough flow through that heart to prolong the time where your brain's not dying. And then if we can get a defibrillator to that person, as you saw for Bronnie James, the defibrillator came very quickly and they're able to take this heart, which was in some rhythm, we don't know exactly what, but it was in a rhythm that wasn't working. And you defibrillate the heart and it basically puts electricity through the heart and allows the heart to restart. The sooner you get to that person, and this is the key, I think, teaching for today, the sooner you get to that person, the sooner you do the CPR if they're unconscious, the sooner that defibrillator gets there, is the better chance that they will survive this event. A lot of people don't survive even though you do everything correctly, particularly if it's an older person, if that heart's already sick. But in these cases of these young people dying, the sooner we can do that CPR and the sooner you can get that defibrillator on there, the more likely they are to survive. So one of the things we need to talk about in the future is basic CPR. That's something that everybody can learn, everybody can do. You don't even need to go and do a class. You can learn it online. You can learn it on YouTube. We'll put some links in the show notes down below. But you can learn how to do CPR and save a life by prolonging the time that there's enough blood supply to that person's brain and heart so that when the defibrillator gets there, that it can save a person's life. My name's Mel Herbert. This is Tiny Med School. Talk to you soon. Rub it out.